Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffin, along with Artemis Brown. We're coming to you this week with episode 95. 9-5, 9-5. What a great number. Artemis, how we doing, my friend? Excellent. Doing excellent. Good, good. Um, so, Artie, we it's been a, a week since we talked. ECU baseball is 4-1 four, four since we talked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they're doing pretty good. Uh, a lot's going on in, in the world of ECU sports. Yep. Um, we got we're going to talk about ECU basketball today, ECU pro day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got ECU baseball. Got an awesome interview um, with Tyler Sneed coming up here in a little bit. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but Artie, number ninety-five. You got one for me? Can you think of one? Well, not only is ninety-five the year of our birth. So it's already a great number. Shout out 1995. And uh, Richard Dent, man, one of the one of the all-time great Chicago Bears. I, I, I definitely had to uh, throw him out there. One of the all-time great defensive uh, linemen of all time. So my 95 would definitely have to be Richard Dent. Uh, shout out Chicago. Shout out Richard Dent. Yeah, I, I was going to take Richard Dent, but I uh, I decided to leave that one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with somebody that even I have had never heard of. Um, so this one's coming kind of out of left field. Alexi Morozov. Alexi! Uh, number 95 for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins between 1997 and 2004. Alexi played in 451 games, 84 goals, 135 assists for 219 points. He was, he was a dash 29, so uh, didn't play much defense, I guess, and had um, almost 100 penalty minutes. He had 98. So, yeah, Alexei, that's uh, – I mean, he averaged 14 minutes of time on ice. So, uh, g- good job, Alexei. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did a job. Um, you, you did a job. Congratulations. But, Artie, this episode of the Boneyard Podcast – is brought to you by none other than Can I Brands. All right. So, Can I Brands, their CBD and wellness products are specially, get it out, Jared, specially designed and manufactured in the United States of America to help you be at your best. Use promo code BONEYARD25 for 25% off on canibrands.com and canihyphenwellness.com. Once again, that's BONEYARD25 on canibrands.com. That's their CBD products or can I wellness, can I hyphen wellness.com. That's the non CBD products already. They're great. We're going to talk about them a little bit later, but I, I love the products. Yeah. Phenomenal products. We, you know, we, we talk about it every, we come on here and, 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 you know, promote the, the, the brand or promote the product, but they are absolutely phenomenal products. And if you haven't tried CBD, you're missing out because they do the body wonders. For sure. Well, Artie, uh, let, let's kind of get into the the news of the day. Yeah. Um, some bad news coming on the basketball front as so far, I mean, the two big names that have entered the transfer portal, Tristan Newton and Brandon Suggs mm-hmm. are, are heading off for greener pastures. It seems like after Joe Dooley was relieved of his duties as ECU basketball coach. I mean, these are, I mean, these are your two. Um, kind of top catalyst for ECU's offense and yeah, and top 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 three scores. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what what are your thoughts on on, on losing these two guys? And it's, and it's not just those two. We lost Vance Jackson as well, correct? Yep. So I mean that's that's our top three scores in the program all leaving for greener pastures. Uh, it it sucks, but you know you can't really be too shocked because obviously you know when when Joe Dooley left, you had to expect that some of these kids were going to transfer out and leave. And and I, I kind of get it. These guys have been here for a little bit. They don't want to start over with a new regime, no matter how good this coach, this new coach coming in may be. Uh, they're not really you know motivated to start over, start fresh, start new. They kind of want to go to a program where they can kind of just settle in and hopefully compete for conference championships and, and, and then go to the NCAA tournament and, and, you know, show their skills there. So it does suck. I mean, we're, we're you know, essentially losing our three best players, uh, especially after losing Gardner last year. Um, so in Newton, in Suggs, in Vance Jackson. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be critical that uh, our new coach comes in and he can recruit and he can do, do well right off the bat. I mean, I think he's going to be given – probably more time than Joe Dooley was given just because this was Joe Dooley's second stint and Joe Dooley already had, you know, a, a track record of being a head coach. This guy does not have a track record of being a head coach. So I think he's going to be, he's going to be given a little leeway. He's going to be given a little time to actually build something here in Greenville, uh, but not having some of those studs come back and help you along the way. That definitely hurts in that. And that sucks. Yeah, for sure. Now thinking about that, what does, what does Schwartz need to do? If if you were, or let let's let's take a step back here. If mm-hmm. you were Coach Michael Schwartz, what would be your what would you say to a kid on the recruiting trail? Hey, come come to Greenville, come play basketball at ECU. What what are you saying to these kids? After I mean, the history of ECU basketball hasn't been that great. Well, look, you, you got to be honest. You know, you, you can't start with the history because there is no history. We're, we're trying to build something here. When you go into those kids, you know, rooms and the living rooms, you meet sitting down with their mom and their dads, you know, it's it's pure honesty. You know, ECU base or ECU basketball, the program historically has not been the way we want it to. But as Mike Schwartz, I'm coming in and, and we want to really establish something here. We play in a very good basketball conference. We don't want to be bottom feeders. We, we don't want to be middle of the pack. We want to start competing for championships. We want to get these kids. I want to send your kids to an NCAA tournament. And the only way we can do that is if you come to ECU and you ball out and you become a star. Just know you can go to a Virginia or a Boston College or a Virginia Tech or a Miami or what have you, and you can sit the bench for a couple of years and then maybe become into a star. Or you can come to Greenville right away, and I can make you a star right away. I can make you a household name in this region right away. We can build something from the ground up right away. That to me would be what I would go into it thinking and, and, and saying, because you got to be honest with these kids. You can't feed them a bunch of wolf tickets a lot to them because they're just not going to believe that. You know, we are trying to build something here uh, that has not been built before. But if you follow me, I'll, I'll get you there. I want to create winners. So I think that's the kind of mindset he's got to go into it with. Yeah. And I mean, anytime you see a team, I mean, looking at, I mean, this, basketball tournament this March Madness has been insane with, with like the types of Cinderella stories that we've had look at St. Peter's it can be done you can yeah. get there yeah you've got yeah. you've got Houston leaving you've got uh Cincinnati leaving UCF leaving you got Memphis on the ropes because who knows what the hell's going on there but I mean this there's an opportunity for ECU basketball to become the the leading team in this conference if they if they do this rebuild correctly 
And 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 look, you know, we we have to have a coach with the mentality of NCAA tournament. We're not we're not saying that we have to be a program that is consistently in the tournament every single year, but we definitely have to have a guy with the mindset of our goal is to get into the big dance. There's there's really no other reason why we're here. Obviously, we want to compete for conference championships. That's an obvious statement, but we want to build ourselves up to get to the tournament, to get to that round of 64, round of 32. Because once you get to the big dance, we've seen it. Anything can happen. Nobody's become household names overnight. So that should be the goal. Yeah, for sure. Now, Michael Schwartz has uh, started to kind of build out his his coaching staff already. Uh, he's hired assistant coach Jake Morton from Jacksonville mm-hmm. State. I mean, that that's a team that went to the uh, tournament this year. And then he also brings in Coach Riley Davis from the University of Texas Arlington. That I mean, these are decent hires. They're not. They're not knock your shoes off hires, and I don't. Right. You don't ever really expect that here at ECU when it comes to a, a football or a basketball coach hire. But um, the one that I thought was really interesting, Coach Schwartz is hiring the director of bas- uh, director of basketball operations and Jesse Higdon. Uh, so Jesse, she uh, is the former arena management assistant at Tennessee. Also, it, I saw that she worked in Congress at some point. Wow, uh, interesting hire. You know, I mean, I this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing about that, but obviously he sees something in her, and she's going to bring something to the table that he that he really, really, really likes. I mean, just you naming off where she's worked and what she's done that sounds pretty impressive to me. Um, I haven't really heard too much about any of his other coaches. Um, But then again, we don't know too much about Mike Schwartz either. I I think all of these men and women that are coming in are, are, are having to prove themselves. Right. I mean, this is this is, you know, you're getting your shot and you're getting a shot at a program. And and a good thing is they're at a program that really doesn't have a lot of expectations. So I think that they're going to have time to be able to prove themselves and build something. Uh, But he definitely sees something in her uh, that he likes a lot. So, Hopefully she comes in and she can she can provide something to the program. For sure. Now, Coach Schwartz uh, has worked with all of these um, hires at some point in his career. Um, so that that's something that that's something that you like to see. That hey, these guys that he or these people that he's hiring trust him enough and and want to work with him enough to leave where they were, leave something that was probably pretty good for them. I mean. Looking at Jake Morton leaving Jacksonville State, he I mean, he went to the big dance with Jacksonville State just mm-hmm. this year. I mean, to come coach with Coach Schwartz, who, I mean, was the associate head coach of, of a three seed in, in March Madness this year, that you can't get much better than that, especially at the level ECU's been at for right. the last 30 years in, in basketball. Um, anything else on on ECU basketball we need to talk about, Artie? Yeah, no, I, I think we covered all the bases. You know, obviously losing those those studs. I mean, lo- losing your top three guys on offense, losing really your top three players overall, that stings. That's that's definitely going to suck. Um, but you know, it was to be expected with a coaching change, with guys that were used to a dually philosophy and guys that want to still compete. We we know the ECU is in a full rebuild, and we're just going to call it how we see it. ECU is in a full rebuild. We might have been there you know, all along, but we're definitely, in, <laughs> we're definitely in a full rebuild now. And those guys want to, want to test the waters out somewhere else. So. Yeah. I mean, I could see Tristan Newton going somewhere. Steve Rockefort, former assistant coach at, at ECU is at Texas A&M. Now I could see him trying to go there. 
I see that maybe Houston's in on him. Right. The, these guys, much like Jaden Gardner, they've got talent to play somewhere. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have all the pieces to to make it happen here at, at ECU. So, um, I mean, had ECU made a run and finished with 21, 22 wins, we're probably maybe not talking. We're probably not talking about this at all because Joe Dooley's right. probably still got a job. But right, right. I mean, they just weren't able to all put it together at ECU. Maybe that's because Minji's is where the where everybody's dreams go to die. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it, it seems like that way, man. Jeez. Um, but moving along, ECU Pro Day was today. Artie, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, twelve. 12 guys, 12 graduating seniors and um 12 former pirates are are participating or did participate in the pro day. Uh Sean Bailey, offensive lineman, mm-hmm. Sean Bailey, uh defensive lineman Bruce Bivens, tight end Zek Bird, wide receiver Audio Matosho, safety DJ Ford, offensive lineman Fernando Fry, cornerback Jaquan McMillan, running back Lorenzo Dor, and punter John Young. Mm-hmm. Wow all participated as well as two friends of the podcast, offensive lineman, Justin chase and linebacker, Aaron Ramser. And then also today's interview, Tyler Sneed, uh, participated already. We haven't, we haven't seen any much video come out from it, Yeah, but what, what do you think if you're, if you're a scout, what are you looking for? Um, I mean, what are you going to be looking for in a player on, on pro day? Well, it's, it's, it's all, you know, based on what the team needs, but you know, it's, it's intangibles. There's, you know, all these guys can play. All these guys are good at football. That's why they play D one football, but it's, it's, it's the intangibles. It's, you know, the size, the speed, you know, certain positions, whatever, whatever position you're looking for, what are the intangibles that they have that they can separate themselves from the pack? You really, as a recruiter, you know, you're, you're looking or as a scout, you're looking for how does this guy separate himself from the pack? I've seen a thousand different players and all 1000 are good. How do you separate yourself from the pack? And it's not just skill. It's your character too. A lot of these guys have to understand you got to have good character and be a good stand up guy to also get the recognition that you want as well. So it's your character and it's your skill and it's how do you separate from the pack? That's really what they're looking for. For sure. And there's several guys that I do think, uh, while they may not hear their name called at the draft, I, I think they have a good shot at uh, making an NFL roster, yeah. at least on, on the practice squad, which, hey, the practice squad still pays. Yes, it very does. It pays, uh, a, it pays a lot more than what I'm making. That's that's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, now, Artie, it, Coach Houston did say there were 28 out of the 32 NFL teams in attendance. Mm-hmm. That, that's big. Yeah. Um, you got you to gotta think a lot of them are looking at, Guys like Jaquan McMillan, John Young, and, mm-hmm. and Tyler Sneed. Yep. Maybe maybe an Aaron Ramser gets a gets a shot. Uh, what does that say about where this program is headed? That twenty eight scouts showed up to to ECU's pro day. Well, it, it just means that Houston has this program in the right direction because we we've got the attention of the NFL. We've got you know twenty eight out of thirty two teams coming to Greenville, North Carolina, to look at your guys. That's that's how you know you've got the program in the right direction. Not a, not a finished product by any means, uh, but you you've got guys that are going to get Jaquan's going to get drafted. I think Tyler Snead's going to get drafted. Um, outside of those two, I don't see anybody else really getting drafted 
but they're still good enough to make a roster. They're still good enough to make, you know, that, that 70, 72, 70 some odd man roster and, and, you know, work their way into the, in, into the franchise. So that is just, to me, that just means that Houston has this program on the right track and it's exciting to see. Cause that's, that's something we used to have, you know, in the, in the Ruffin McNeil era, this is something that you used to see all these scouts coming to Greenville, looking at guys, you know, analyzing these, these guys, we kind of fell off of that in the Scotty Moe era, but it's coming back now in the Houston era. And it's, it's just, it's, it's refreshing. It really is. If I had to give it a word, it's refreshing. I'm calling it right now. John Young gets drafted. You think John Young gets drafted? I think John Young gets drafted. Okay. What round? I mean, it's going to be a late one. Yeah. I, I'm going to say John Young gets drafted sixth round. Okay. I mean, I think, I think he is one of the best punters in college football, especially coming out this year. Yeah. Um, so dude's got a boot. So yeah, John Young. I, I think I think he has the intangibles. Okay. Um, he, he he's a good locker room guy, and that that's what you're looking at for a specialist. Not only are you looking for somebody that can boot the ball, but you're looking for somebody that keeps it light, who likes to have fun, um, can tell jokes, can tell stories. That's John Young to a T. Yeah. Right. And who wouldn't yeah. want that stash on their team? <laughs> this is very true. This is very very true. And and I, I think we know for a fact Jaquan's going to get drafted. You know, I, I think that's that's set in stone. He's he's not going to be an early round guy, but I I, I definitely think where, he's going to get drafted. So where would you put him? Maybe I I would put him maybe fourth round. Early yeah, I was, fourth I, round. I, yeah, I was going to say fourth to fifth. I was going to say mid fourth, early fifth round. That's that's where Jaquan's going to get drafted. The only thing that hurts Tyler Sneed, in my opinion, this is a very heavy wide receiver draft. There's a lot of excellent good receivers coming out in this draft. That's going to hurt his stock a little bit. I think they well, have I can him. tell you one team that needs a, at least three. Well, yeah. <laughs> Both of our teams need receivers, man. We lost everybody. So, man, I think they got him 43rd best receiver right now, which really isn't bad. I mean, that, that's still good enough to get drafted. But I think the only thing that's going to hurt is that this is such a heavy wide receiver draft. But I still think – I mean, I think he goes sixth, seventh round if I had to, if I had to put a number on it. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I think anybody who sees Tyler Sneed, I mean, you got so many options from a return man to, uh, I mean, a guy that's coming in and can come in for a trick play, mm-hmm. maybe figure out some wildcat offense to run with him. I mean, he's he's kind of got that uh, Wes Welker type frame. I mean, yeah. kind of a stocky or kind of a smaller white guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's those, just uh... – any any receiver for the New England Patriots over the last twenty years. That's that's right, the kind seriously. of frame he's got. Bill Belichick must be all over Tyler Sneed right now. Uh, I mean, I'd love to play in New England. Hey, I don't. I'll, yeah, pass me the ball, Mac. Uh, so yeah, well, Artie, let's go ahead and send it over to our interview with Tyler Sneed. Talk about pro day and uh, talk about his time at, here at ECU and, and what his aspirations are moving forward. But before we do that, Artie, let me talk to you a little bit more about can I mend? All right. So Can I Mend is formulated with broad-spectrum hemp extract and selected botanicals in an industry-leading extra-strength formulation to ease muscle discomfort instantly. This muscle recovery cream is formulated with coconut oil to promote hydration and protect the skin. Keep your body feeling in tip-top shape always with Can I Mend. Already, I've been using this. I've had this, like, crick in my back for, like, the last couple, couple of days. Yeah, I can really like I've been trying to stretch it out and nothing's been working. I can't get comfortable, but I put this stuff on about 30 minutes later. I'm feeling 
fantastic. I'm feeling like it's not even there. It usually lasts me several hours. I don't have to worry about it. I mean, it's a good reason for me to have my wife give me a, a back massage every once in a go. while for once. Jeez, Savannah, like <laughs> let's let's do that for once. Uh so yeah, Artie, I love this stuff. And you, you said you use it when you work out and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. Absolutely. I, I use it sometimes before. A lot of times after my workouts, you know, my, my post-workouts, I used to work out all the time and it would just have a lot of strain. As you get older, obviously, you're going to have a little bit more cricks and a little bit more aches and pains. And so it's really, really good to use after my workouts to kind of help relax me and calm me, calm my muscles. Um, I've honestly been battling a little bit of a sinus bug the last couple of days. And so I'm trying to figure out if, whether it's going to be good for me to use for that. So stay tuned, Pirate Nation, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dip and dabble and experiment with that. See if that helps me out. See if it can help you with a little bit of sickness. So definitely a good product, though. For sure. So go to canibrands.com. Use promo code BONEYARD25 for 25% off on Can I Mend and all their other great products. Guys, we use it. We love it. I mean, I, I take it when I wake up in the morning to help me stay uh, focused with, with their Can I Boost. I take it at night to go to sleep with the can I sleep. I take it with the can I men when I don't feel my best. I mean, we are getting older, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a great product. Once again, promo code Boneyard25, canibrands.com for 25% off.com. One more time, Boneyard25 on, at canibrands.com for 25% off. And here's our interview with Tyler Sneed. week on the boneyard podcast everybody we are excited to have on none other than number 22 for the pirates former number 22 for the pirates mr tyler sneed tyler how are we doing my friend i'm doing great i appreciate you guys having me on the show oh yeah the pleasure is all ours so tyler yesterday pro day uh just kind of looking at it or I just kind of want to see, like, how do you, how do you feel about it? How how'd you do? Uh, I feel I feel good about it. You know, I felt like uh, my my strength was in my routes and just you know the route running and catching the ball. Um, so I was really I felt really good uh, after that. But I mean, still haven't got back like all the official times yet. So I'm waiting to hear back from all that. But I felt good overall about the day and just uh, my performance. And it was it was good to be back out there with you know guys you competed with. Uh, for the past four years. So that made it even better. You know, Tyler, you know, speaking on that, you know, a lot of people, you know, are going to talk about your size and and, and your stature. And, you know, I think they got you a five, seven, five, eight, a buck 70 soaking wet. So what can you bring to the NFL to kind of counteract your size when you face some of those monster corners? Right. Right. No, I mean, I like to think that, you know, those guys are bigger. I mean, everybody's going to be bigger, but, um, I kind of pride myself on on being quicker and, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing the game and knowing, like, different ways to get open, whether that be in the coverages or, you know, just pre-snap reads, just all the little things. Um, I pride myself on being as good as I can at that just because, you know, sometimes they are overlooked. So just any advantage I can get, you know, that's what I try and do. But, yeah, mainly just, you know, getting in and out of cuts, uh, more of the quicker underneath stuff. Gotcha. Now, Tyler, you started out as a as a walk on here at ECU, and then you, you transitioned into to a scholarship athlete. Uh, what what did that mean to you to, to finally get on scholarship and then 
to do all the things. I mean, you had over, what is it, over 2,000 yards receiving. I mean, you, you really made a name for yourself here at East Carolina. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, getting getting that scholarship was just like, I mean, I'll never forget that moment and just like how it felt. Uh, went to call both my parents uh, at the time. None of Neither one of them answered, so it was kind of like, okay but I was excited I mean I was excited myself we had practice so you know I got to call him after but just like you know in that team meeting uh when I got it you know everybody kind of started going crazy and it was just like a dream come true because that's what you worked for uh your whole time being there I mean as a walk-on you know you got to work harder and do all that and so that's rewarding um but then you know I didn't want it to just stop there I wanted to you know, prove that I could play with those guys and not only in our scholarship, but, you know, be a key role, play a key role in, you know, winning games and just, you know, being productive out there on the field. So, uh, you know, I love my story. You know, it, it's all I, I give all the credit to God. I wouldn't be able to do any of it without him. But, yeah, I mean, just working hard. I mean, and just the feeling of getting that scholarship was was the best. Got you. Now, Tyler, you know, with, with Pro Day, you know, in the in the rearview mirror now, What's one of the one things that you want every scout and every team around the league to kind of know about your character and your work ethic? I mean, I just, I mean, I just like to tell them my story. You know, I feel like my story speaks for itself. Just mm -hmm. coming out of high school, wasn't highly recruited, uh, didn't have any offers, walked on to ECU, earned a scholarship my first year. New staff came in. They, uh, took it took it away so I was walk on again and then I earned it back you know that spring so uh, and then I just did what I did at ECU and the next four years just my time so I, I feel like it speaks for itself um, I feel like if you look at that then the scouts would realize that you know that kind of is my character just always working hard always finding a way to make it work make it happen and just grind it out and so you know if that's the that if I had one thing to to tell them that'd probably be it now, Tyler, I, I like to think back. I mean, at one point in the season, you had a, a better QBR than uh, Paul Naylor. <laughs> uh, did you did you ever give him any crap for that? I mean, you had two – what was it, two passing touchdowns this past year? You got three under your belt in your career? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't give him any crap about it. I mean, that's that's my guy right there. Uh, and that's, that's the hardest job to do. I mean, he's got to drop back there and – and control the whole game, you know, whenever I threw it, it was, you know, a trick play. Nobody knew it was coming, made it easier. And then, you know, that's my one throw of the game. And so, I, I mean, it made it easier on me. The guys were usually wide open and Holton caught one of them. So, and ran about 30 yards. So it wasn't like I, I did it all. I just kind of threw it to them and let them do the rest. Um, but no, I can't give them crap for that. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how it's, how it's like back there sitting there. I mean, if, if you notice every time I had to throw it I rolled out because I can't see over the line so right I mean right. I can't. Uh, yeah. got you got you now now Tyler you know in preparation for the draft you know have you had a chance to sign with any agents or talk to any sports marketing groups or anything in that nature and what was that process like yeah that was all I mean it was all kind of new to me uh, whenever I made the decision I was kind of talking to some people just trying to pick different people's brains um mm -hmm just about, you know, what, what the next step would be. And, you know, once once I was 100% with that decision, uh, I, I, was talking, oh, I was talking to some agents and, uh, you know, I, I signed with one. 
um, that I really like, um, really trust him. So, I mean, that whole that whole process was new and exciting, um, but I'm still trying to learn new things about it. I'm still going through it right now, so I don't, I'm not like an expert on any of it. Yet. Right. For sure. Now, Tyler, I mean, obviously, I mean, you want to you want to get drafted. Have you have you talked to any? teams have you talked to any scouts what, what are they saying are, are they saying anything um things that maybe you need to work on maybe things you're focused on going going into the draft yeah so um you know i talked to a couple after pro day yesterday um got some cards and you know i've reached out um but the main thing i mean main thing most of them said is you don't know what can happen on draft day it's it's a really crazy day um and anything can happen and so you know, whether I'm drafted or not, or, you know, go free agent or even get a camp invite at the end of the day, I just want a shot. And, um, I just want the shot to prove myself and, and make it to a camp and, you know, take it from there. Cause I feel confident that, you know, I've done, I've proven myself my whole life. So if I get a chance to do it again, I, I think I'll be good. Um, so that's all I'm asking for, but I mean, talking with the scouts, they just said, you know, I got really good film. I got strong film. Um, I had a good day yesterday. And so, you know, hopefully uh, I'll hear from from more of them soon. But uh, I mean, yeah, just, you know, whether it's drafted, drafted would be great. I mean, that's like every kid's dream. But um, I mean, free agent's great, too. I would I like it doesn't matter to me. I just want the shot at the end of the day. Right. Right. Now, Tyler, you were a four year guy at ECU. You saw the struggle. You saw, you know, the, the rise this past season. Uh, what's something that you're going to take with you, something that you're going to miss uh, from your playing days at East Carolina? Man, that this past year was probably probably the best one just because, you know, it was a winning season, mm-hmm. made it to the whole game. And like you said, being there for four years, you kind of got to see us get over that hump and yeah. finally, you know, get back to a bowl game. I think it was like 2014 was our last one. So just to be able to be a part of that, uh, I mean, that I always cherish that. I remember the locker room and the, the atmosphere after the Memphis game when we got our sixth win, um, and that was going to send us bowling. I mean, that's something you'll never forget. And those guys you did it with, I mean, you, you'll never forget. You always remember those guys in that locker room. And so, you know, that's that's probably the main thing. Gotcha. Now, Tyler, you, you came in and a, a year after your first year, I mean, in comes Coach Houston and, and his staff. Uh, what what can you say about Coach Houston and, and the th- changes he's made in the program from, from the previous um, leadership? I mean, he, he's, he's done a really good job. Um, you know, Coach Mo and all those guys recruited me, and I, I mean, I love them. I thought they did a great job as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, they ended up getting let go, and they brought Coach Houston in. But I think Coach Houston was a great fit, and I think he, he changed the program. And, you know, obviously we, we struggled the first two years, but this year we got, we got through it, and that was kind of like the hump that we had to get over. And I, I'm looking forward to this year. I mean, we got state first game, so – I'm ready. I'm ready for that one. Uh, both my parents were state grads, so I, uh, I'm talking a little trash to him already. But, no, I mean, he's brought the program so far um, from where it was. And, like I said, just being a part of that is just a blessing. Um, and it was awesome to see and be able to do it with the guys you came in with and, and the guys that went through the struggle with you um, to make it out of that and – and have the bowl game and turn the program around. Like mm-hmm. that's just something I'll always remember. 
Now, Tyler, talking to you specifically, if there was like one aspect to your game that you want to work on the most, what would that be? And then maybe talk about the one strength that you have that you think excels you past others. Yeah, so if I had one aspect to to work on the most, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't work on my height. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to grow unless I – I mean, right, I never really right, – right. You never know, but I mean, I don't, I don't think that'll happen. Um, I mean, you can just – you can always work uh, technical stuff and just get better, you know, looking the ball in, just, mm-hmm. you know, getting in and out of breaks smoother, stuff like that. Um, just technical stuff. I mean, you can you can fine-tune and, and, and work on stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think what separates me is – I mean, I'm pretty good with the with the little things, um, and I, I'd like to say that I I know the game um, really well. I know the defenses. Um, I study I study a lot of film, so I think that helps me too. Just because I, I probably need more help than others, just because my size uh, isn't there. So probably watching film is, is a strength, and just you know, knowing where they're going to be before they're there, or, mm-hmm. you know, knowing what they're going to do, whether they're trying to disguise it or not. Um, I would say that's probably one of my biggest strengths. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Tyler, I, I, I like to always get inside the, the mindset of, of this ECU team and, and kind of hear about maybe some of the, some of the behind the scenes stuff that, that y'all, that y'all have. I mean, y'all, y'all seem like a pretty tight knit group on mm-hmm. um, the football team. Okay. Now, tell me, is is there a guy? I, I, I've we've had several defensive guys on, and they talk about who who talks the most trash. Who talks the most trash on, on the offensive side of the of the ball? Is it you? Uh, what what have they said, man? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, on the defensive side, we, we got we got X. X was uh, pretty much the the common answer. Yeah. I want to say somebody said Warren too. Warren, yeah. So I heard CJ Johnson likes to talk trash. Um, but yet. yeah, I mean, I, I talk my fair share of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm more subtle with it. Like, yeah. uh, I guess I I'll say something to you when I'm running by, or like if I do a route or something. I'm not not one of the showy ones, but I mean. We we go out there and we compete, so everybody talks trash. I mean, mm-hmm. you have some of the coaches out there getting into it. I mean, it's just it's a great atmosphere to be to be in, and it's to me that makes it more competitive, makes it more fun, just to know that you're getting their best, and they know that they're getting your best, uh, and you guys go at it. So, no, I mean, if I had to choose one, I don't know. Everybody, everybody talks. It just depends. You know, it depends now, on who's doing well. You know, what right? I'm depends right. on the day. Well, let, let, yeah. right, let me let me ask you this: What's the funniest thing somebody's ever said to you? Is there ah, something man. that sticks out in your mind? I mean, people. I mean, people in the moment will just say whatever. Like, are you talking mm-hmm. practice games or like either? Either. I don't know. Warren, Warren, ever say anything to you? Oh yeah, Warren. Me, me and Warren would talk. Uh, yeah, Warren. <laughs> Let Warren, me ask you. He, he 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 told me he told me to ask you this. What do you think about Warren? We we that's my boy. That's hey. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no, I, I used to love going against Warren though, because Warren, you know, you know what you're gonna get from Warren every day, and mm. I, he's gonna go after it and he's gonna talk. And so, I mean, that's that's competition right there. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's that's my guy. He's he's solid. I used to love going against him because it was great competition. So, can can you give us your best Warren Saber impression? Oh, jeez, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can. I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. If I can that, that's hard. That. He, he's hard. got he's got a very he's got a very unique voice. That's for sure. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't I don't think I can. I don't know no. if I can do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Tyler. You know, an, another question that we ask a lot of your teammates too. This is uh, uni swag. So, is 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 okay. uni swag important to you? And if so, what what is Tyler Sneed's uni swag? What do, what do you, what, what's what's the drip? Look, y'all, y'all see me on the field, man. I don't have any swag. Just... <laughs> My swag is like the towel. I got the towel in the back, and then sometimes I'll put on the little turf tape. That's right. I've never, I've never worn arm sleeves or anything like that. I don't, I don't have swag like that. So it's, but it's stri- strictly business. Now, who has the best swag? Who has the best? Yeah. On a Warren's or pretty defense. Dr- Warren, Warren Warren's got some swag to him. Um, Malik Fleming, I, I like Malik's look. He's he's got like mouthpiece hanging out. He's got the sleeves. A lot of the defensive guys have have that swag about him. Um, mm-hmm. That's how they play. On offense, CJ CJ's got some field swag. Uh, he's got the arm sleeves, the leg, the bands. I don't even know what you call them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean. Houghton's got a little swag. Houghton's got the arm sleeve. He does, yeah, yeah. He, he, he got, got a little swag to him. Yeah, I mean, all those boys, all those boys play with swag. They have swag. Um, but Warren's up there. Warren will probably be up there. Warren will probably be one of my top ones. Okay, okay. Now, now being a wide receiver and preparing for the NFL, I've I've always kind of wondered this: are, are there any guys in the NFL currently, like receivers, like one or two guys? That you would just love to pick their brains, just have a sit down and have a conversation with these guys. Oh yeah, Cooper Cup. That okay. that probably. After I heard his interview, um, y'all know what I'm talking about. Where he was, he broke down the whole defense in like ten seconds. I, I see like, that. Yeah, I okay. seen that one. Okay. It was it was crazy, and so I was like, man, I just want to pick his brain about coverages and see what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Edelman, but he's – I mean, I guess he's retired now. Um, if I – I guess my next one would be not re- not receiver, but I, I want to know how Brady breaks down film and, you know, how yeah. much he stuffed it and how, how he looks at it because it's got to be a different angle for a quarterback. Like, he's the one throwing you the ball, so how does he want his receivers to do that? I think that would be right. pretty cool to get in his mind and, and look at that. But, yeah, it would probably be Cup and, uh, Cup and Brady. Yeah, film film session with the goat would be pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, shoot, it would now, be. Tyler, you uh, you grew up here in in North Carolina. Are are you a Panthers fan? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'll root for the Panthers, but uh, my this dad's guy's trying big... to get some money. That that's what he's trying to do right here. <laughs> my my dad's a big Cowboys fan, so Ooh. that's how I always grew up loving loving Dallas. Okay, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to lead into that. Like, so in the backyard, I mean, eight-year-old Tyler Sneed, 
He catches the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl in the backyard. What 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 teams he uh he repping on the chest or, or in his mind? Dallas, man, I got I got the little eight-year-old me fathead uh in the room. <laughs> nice. I had the Dallas Cowboys shirt on and everything in it, uh, holding the football, a little Cowboys football. So, I mean, so it was always Dallas, all favorite team. Uh, you always put Dallas, but I mean, now I like them all. So, right, exactly. Wh- whichever exactly. one's willing to pay the check, right? Exactly. Right. Now, Tyler, I, I wanted to ask you. So, you you come to ECU, and when when you get here. I mean, you, you you might not have been expecting um, to do much. I mean, you you probably were thinking, okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to get in. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my snaps and and make the most of it. Could you have ever imagined that your career would have turned into what it did here at ECU? Um, I mean, it's hard to say because like coming in as a freshman, walking on. It's like I'm I'm not even looking that far ahead. I'm just kind of looking at, hey, how do I get on the field the fastest? And then once I get on the field, it's like, okay, well, how do I, you know, help the team win? How do I do my assignment? You know, I don't want to mess up. I want to know all the plays. I want to, you know, help the team get get a victory, get a win. And then, you know, as as the years go on, I guess it's kind of just like, you know, however we can get a win. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I didn't come in freshman year and was like, man, I want to be like the. Obviously, you want to be the best receiver you can, but I wasn't. You know, I want to have two thousand career receiving yards. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, right. I want to get on the field, show these guys that I can play with them, and then you know whatever happens after that happens. But I, I just want to help the team win and and do all that. And so, um, looking back on it now. I mean, I'm I'm happy. Uh, I feel like I, I I did. I played a good part uh, in that. But I mean, freshman year, it would be hard to say. If I went back to 2018 when I first enrolled, it would. I I don't know that I would say or picture this. So it's awesome right. to see. Um, it's awesome when you look back on it. You're like, yeah, that's 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 great that I did that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking that. It's, it's, it's just an everyday grind, you know? You, you right. let the work speak for itself. Yeah, I definitely understand right. that. Now, Tyler, um, I, I, we're, we're running short on time. I, we have one question, and usually this leads on a little more of a, of a conversation, too. I don't know if you've listened to us yet. Um, we asked this question to all of our guests that, that mm-hmm. are in Greenville or from Greenville, that played in Greenville, whatever. So this is the toughest question we're going to ask you, even tougher than the last one, okay? Okay. You've been to Sup Dogs, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you go to Sup Dogs, say uh, say you're in town, ECU beats NC State on September 3rd. You you, you roll into Sup Dogs. You, you're going to go celebrate a big win. What is Tyler Sneed's order at Sup Dogs? Bacon, cheese, fry burger. Yeah. Bacon cheese fry sure. burger. For the win. I've had, well, I got that the first time I went there. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I kind of stayed with that heavy throughout. And then I want to say one time I tried to be healthy and I ordered like a chicken salad, a buffalo chicken salad. And I was like, I got to go back to the burger. I was like, I got to go. <laughs> so every time I go, it's 
the bacon cheese fry burger with the sub sauce though. That's that's money. Oh yeah. For sure. You can never now, go wrong with that. Now are you a fries yeah. or tots kind of guy? I'll go fries. Fries. Okay. I don't know. Fries or I'm like not, bacon cheese fries, pizza fries. The pizza fries are good, but I'd rather have bacon cheese fries. I mean mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. That's money, so, you know. Oh, that's yeah. that, that's my order. What, what you just said, that's usually my order. So yeah, I, I'm all with you on that. I haven't uh, eaten all day. I'm starving. <laughs> I need to make it stop. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, now I did have one more question, and, and this is kind of a fun question. If not football, what would you be doing? Like is, is there another sport, other hobbies that you got? Um, I mean, I always like to know what what, what do you like to do? Yeah, um, if not football, it'd definitely be baseball. Uh, I played all growing up until, you know, senior year of high school. Then I chose football. But my dad played at state. Uh, he went on to play in the minors for a little bit. So that was kind of always, you know, something that I did. And he, he coached me and taught me. And so um, it'd definitely be baseball, even though, you know, I liked them both. But mm-hmm. I was just – I like the contact and the – the fast pace of football as opposed, you know, if I got, if I hit and got out, I'd be mad for three innings. And then you you just kind of got to sit there and football is like, you can get it next play. And so that's what I liked better about football. Um, But yeah, I mean, baseball is a great game too. I probably, I probably would have been doing that. I'm sure sure Cliff would have loved you on on his team. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that bulldog mentality you have. (laughs) Tyler, thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. It's it's a pleasure catching up. We'll uh, we'll definitely have to get you back on sometime soon. Um, best of luck in the draft, my man. Absolutely, I, I appreciate you guys having me. Once again, that was our interview with Tyler Sneed, former ECU wide receiver, quarterback. If you wanna if you wanna say that he does have three <laughs> passing touchdowns, already. Great time talking to him. He's a great guy. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed that interview. Uh, wish Tyler nothing but the best. We know he's going to have an uphill battle a little bit just because of his size and his stature, but it, there's been plenty of guys before that have come out and done it. There's been plenty of guys that have been his size that have gone on to the Hall of Fame. So definitely wish him the, wish him the best. You know, at ECU, he was like a Swiss Army knife. There's nothing Tyler Sneed could not do. Run the ball, pass the ball, catch the ball. You know, he did everything but kick the damn ball. So there was, you know, Tyler Sneed was definitely, and he was a he was a three four year guy uh, at at ECU four year guy. So I mean, he he was one of those guys that that stayed with the program even in his downtime. Was able to be here this last year and kind of get on, you know, help us get back on those winning ways. So just wish him nothing but the best. For sure. Now, Artie, uh, ECU baseball has been kind of on a hot streak the last couple yes, of weeks. Finally, or last week or so. Uh, they won four out of their last five games. They're currently playing those uh, Wolf Puppies down at NC State. Yeah. It, it's currently 2-0 NC State in the top of the fifth inning as we're mm-hmm. recording this. I'm keeping up with it. I've got it on my other screen. So, uh, Artie, what what are you thinking right now with, with uh, the Pirates on, on the baseball field? Well, it, it it took us a while to get here, but hopefully this is the kind of the kind of run we've been waiting for. Winning four out of our last five. I'll tell you, today's game is monumental. I mean, we can beat 
a top 25 team at NC State. I know we're down 2-0 right now, but we still got plenty of time to come back and win that game. We can win five out of six. Kind of, you know, like, like I said, it's really about separating ourselves as far as that win-loss column. A lot more wins than losses is, is really what we need right now. Um, bats are heating up. Pitching is doing their job. So I, it's exciting to see. I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too optimistic. Just kind of want to stay the course. You know, ECU baseball just needs to stay the course, continue doing what they're doing. Hopefully by the time we get into conference play, which I know is coming soon, very, very soon, right, right around the corner, uh, we will be, you know, doing exactly what we need to do uh, so that we can win the American and then set ourselves up to make a deep run in the postseason. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, ECU starts off conference play this weekend against Cincinnati up in uh, this great state of Ohio. Actually, that state sucks. Um, everybody <laughs> hates Ohio. I'm sorry about it. I hate. Ohio. No, unless you're from Ohio, you don't like Ohio. Yeah. Ohio yeah. Does anybody act like? Does anybody actually like Ohio? And and I can say I've been to Ohio quite a bit. It's really not that great of a state. Yeah, and then you gotta, history, through, but... you gotta drive through West Virginia, which is even worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ECU plays at Cincinnati this weekend. Um, Cincinnati, I mean, they've been they've been struggling, I believe, um, this season in baseball. They they haven't gotten off to that great of a start. So it might be a good opportunity for uh, for the team to get some wins. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's a, that's a team that, you know, is, is not that great. So hopefully we can definitely go up there and, and get some wins. Um, but like I said, par for the course, that's, 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 that's what we're on right now. Just, just stay par for the course. We don't need a bunch of birdies and Eagles right now. Just be par for the course. Yeah, they, uh, they're currently nine and thirteen on the season. Um, this this would have been a great time for me to get a friend of the podcast, uh, Matt Noonan, on. He, he's he's a longtime friend of mine, who is also the play by play voice for Cincinnati, I believe basketball and baseball. So uh, I should have had him on, but oh well. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's all right. We can get him on a later date. Now let's let's talk about real quick Josh Moylan. So he's uh, still batting like 167 on the year. Geez. But I mean that he he's really picked it up as of late. I mean, he was at like a 0.048 batting average going into like the weekend and it it was a struggle. But since he came on the Boneyard podcast, he's been heating up. He's been heating up. He's been heating Arnie, up. that's what we hey. that's what we call the Boneyard bump. Hey, look, we can get any and every baseball play on here if it's going to bump them up in, in in their play. I'm just I'm just letting you know right now these because a lot of these guys, you know, they're going through a slump. They're not playing as well as they could. They're a lot better than what they've shown so far. So if we got to get them on the podcast to kind of you know put some pep in their step. Let's do it for sure. Now, as I said, the bat the bats were a little bit better this this past weekend with uh, ECU. Scoring a total of 17 runs over the three games. Um, lost 5-2 against VCU on Sunday. Couldn't Just couldn't close out the sweep. Uh, they were leading, I believe it was up until about the seventh or eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it all kind of fell apart. Now, yeah, they were, they were leading until the eighth inning and then lost 5-2 after VCU scored three in the eighth and one in the ninth. Um, already... Looking at at this, it it was overall a pretty good weekend. The bats did what they needed to do. Pitching did its job. 
but I can't help but think, are we burning out our bullpen because we don't have a solidified rotation, weekend rotation? Well, what what would be the alternative? You know, I mean, I, there is none. Right. There is none. I, we, we, we might be doing exactly what you just said, but there's no alternative. So it, it kind of sucks that we're kind of in this situation that we're in because we have to use the guys that we have. We have to try and shell out wins every – like we're in, we're in a position where we got to get wins every night. It's every single night that we, you know, we got to put together some wins. Otherwise, we're going to fall, you know, in real danger of going below 500 instead of staying above 500. So, you know, the situation that we're in is just a terrible situation because there's no alternative. For sure. Well, Artie, um, I think that's about it. We've had a pretty good episode so far. Um, let, let's talk about – do you have a walk the plank this week? Man, I've been trying to think of a walk the plank. Nothing's really going on, man. I have as, I have as far some. as I walk the plank. I mean, I can tell you my heart this weekend because Duke and Carolina are about to be playing in the final four. So my heart can walk the damn plank. I'm gonna have a heart attack on Saturday. But how about uh I how about I walk the damn plank since I, I said Miami was gonna be the only one that won and <laughs> all of them won. Um yeah, I'll 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 take I'll take Look, my your, on that one. your your prediction was looking very good in that first half. And then Kansas yeah, said, hold my beer. <laughs> Kansas said, yeah. hold my beer. That's exactly what happened. I was on the road, and I was like, oh, snap. Miami's up by five or six at halftime. They're, they're going to pull this off. And then I look at it again, and they lose 76 to 50. I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah, well, my walk the plank this week is uh, it. it's the University of Memphis. Oh, yeah, tell me about this, because I heard the rumblings, but I don't know exactly what's going on with this. So the University of Memphis and Coach Penny Hardaway are facing accusations of at least one level one and two level two violations, both considered severe violations by the NCAA. In the notice of allegations, Hardaway is said to have failed to establish a culture of compliance as part of head coach responsibility and failed to monitor the IARP and its investigation also accused Memphis of not properly preserving the hard drive from the computer of ex-assistant Coach Mike Miller, the contents of which were later deleted. Um, Memphis is accused of a lack of institutional control and facing a total of seven allegations, including failure to cooperate, obstruction of the investigation, failure to report acts of noncompliance in a timely fashion, and failure to disclose or provide access to information. Uh, the Daily Memphian reports four of those are level one and two are level two. And the level of an additional allegation is redacted in the documents. So we're we're looking at, I mean, Memphis is on the ropes, man. They are, I mean, Hardaway might be getting fired. The basketball team might is definitely going to see a uh, some they're, they're, de- they're definitely going to see uh, some sanctions and may not be able to play in in the tournament in the next couple of years. So yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's some tough times, and all of this came after uh, what was his name? James is it James Wise Wiseman? Yeah, James Wiseman. Yeah, James Wiseman played in only three games with Memphis before leaving the school in December 2019 and turning his focus to preparing for the 2020 NBA draft. I mean, this that's where this whole thing came up from. I mean, and they're really getting they're really getting it now. So. Uh, yeah, Memphis walked the damn plank. Wow. Y'all are y'all are messing up right now. You know, and, I go ahead. go ahead. 
No, I'd, I'd really like to know what Memphis Spence thinks about all this. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to pick his brain on this matter. We we can we can make it happen. We'll uh, we can reach out to him. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's tough. I mean, it, it's a tough look. Um, and this is a this is a program. This is a school that was hoping to make that jump to quote unquote P five in the next couple of years. I'm sorry, it might not it might not happen. No. And and look, they they are a good program. I mean, you take away these allegations, Memphis definitely was positioning themselves to be a legitimate. I mean, tournament every single year, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight kind of team every single year. I mean, that that's that's the trajectory they were they were going on. So that's wow, that's big news for sure. Um, also, LeBron James talking about how horrible his ankle injury is. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jared. People stopped watching the Lakers like two months ago, man. The Lakers yeah, suck. But I, I'm tired of hearing uh, him complain about everything. Let me talk to you about Brendan Smith, Artie. Brendan Smith. Do you know? Have you ever heard that name? No. Who the hell is Brendan Smith? He's a defenseman on the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. All right. Less than I would say about six weeks ago, mm-hmm. took a shot, a, a slap shot, off the helmet. Oh, this got a fractured his skull. Fractured his skull. Mm. missed three weeks loss of hearing in his in his ear still can't hear comes back plays some pretty decent hockey plays some physical hockey and he's he's been back about a week now well guess what he did last night he stood toe-to-toe with one of the baddest guys in the nhl tom wilson and he went round and round with tom wilson in a fight got Mm. his he was bloodied with a broken skull. I don't want to hear shit, LeBron. He came back three weeks after fracturing his skull? Yes. That sounds like a dumb move. Artie. Go get some hockey. rest, son. You don't you don't have you don't have to prove nothing to nobody. You might die. That's hockey. That's <laughs> hockey. This man could die. He's go tough home. as nails. Tell that tough man as to, nails. Tell that man to go home. LeBron get shut some the fuck rest. Up. LeBron, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> this man has a fractured skull. I'm supposed to be impressed by that. I'm concerned. This man should be on the couch. He's doing his job. Whew. Yeah, I mean hockey's different. Hockey is definitely different. For sure. For sure. LeBron walked the damn plank. <laughs> also, Lars Eller walked the damn plank for a dirty hit on Yasperi Kokoniemi <laughs> last night. Two seconds left. You're getting shit pumped. I don't give a shit. Get out of here. Now he's out probably with a torn ACL. Who knows? One of our better players over the last couple of weeks. Hey, none of this means nothing if the Canes don't bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Hey, they're still they're still the third best team in the league. So actually second best right now. So uh, I'll take it. We'll see. I got I got to get to a game soon. I, I, hey, I really, since I'm out here now, I need, I need to get to a game. Hit me up. Hit me up. I, I think I have another connection for tickets. So, uh, okay. We'll, we'll definitely make it happen. Um, but Artie, ECU is into the final four. Sup Dogs is into the final four for best bar. Sup Dogs, yes, uh, Barstool best bar. Make sure y'all are voting. Tweet it. Hashtag best bar. Sup Dogs. Click the link. In the show notes, it'll take you right there. It'll open your Twitter. All you got to do is hit tweet. We made it so easy for you. Mm-hmm. Just do that. All right, we're 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 up against Penn State. Nobody likes Penn State. They touch nope. they touch boys. It, it's weird. All right. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah. 
No, honestly, everybody I've, I've I've seen you know every time I get on Twitter, you know it's it's all sub dogs, all of Madame Martial. So I, I love it. I love the interaction. I love the love that sub dogs is getting. So let's this this is the revenge tour. Let's 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 make it three three out of four, baby. Three out for of four. sure. This is a dynasty. Yes, sir. This is, this is a dynasty. Let's make it three out of four. Now, Artie, if, if somebody doesn't vote, would you slap them like Will Smith slapped uh, Chris Rock? <laughs> I knew we weren't going to go this entire show without without bringing that up. I knew I knew that was going to come up. Of course, of course. Come what are on, your now. thoughts on it? You know, me and Ashley were talking about this like a lot yesterday. And at first, I, I was kind of on on Will Smith's side because you know his wife has alopecia. He's standing up for his wife. Any man that is in yeah. love with his wife is going to stand up for his wife and and probably act in the moment, maybe the way Will Smith did. The only problem is that was on one of the grandest stages in the world. You're at the Oscars. It's in front of fifty to one hundred million people worldwide. It just wasn't the right setting to do that. Probably should have taken it backstage and whooped his ass backstage. I wouldn't have done that on camera. It's just a bad look, but I still love Will. Kudos to Chris Rock too, because I, I would not have sat there and taken that slap. We would have we would have embarrassed the entire black community on that stage. We would we would have been tussling. Yeah, Chris Rock really. I mean, he took it like a pro. I he mean, did. I, I understand Will, but but yeah, Chris Rock took it like a pro. My favorite meme. It was a, a picture of it. And it said, I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. She said, you can't slap, your, you can't slap Chris Rock because your wife has no hair. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I, and they're still coming out, too. The internet oh, yeah. is definitely undefeated. Oh, yeah. 100% undefeated. It's, it's insane. So, but no, it, it was, it's a bad look. It's funny. I mean, it makes, it makes oh, for great funny entertainment. Shit. God, it makes for great entertainment. <laughs> Just a bad look for Will Smith. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do it. Vote for vote for Best Bar Sup Dogs on Twitter. Make sure your profile is not private. If so, your vote does not count. Um, and if you don't, Artie will slap you like Will Smith. Um, yep. All right, Artie. Well, any final thoughts? Nah, man. Good show. Good show. Good interview. Once again, Hope Power Nation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, until next week, we love you. All right. That's it. Deuce. Peace.